0: And we're live, Jordan. Good good to see you. Thank you for joining.
1: Of course, Matt. Happy to be here.
0: Thank you. I, I can never get used to that. Just feel so fake to the <laughs> Saying hello to someone for 30 seconds and then pressing record and saying hello. But, I guess, but all, is, <laughs> all is good. Um, so we met hmm, several months ago now. Uh, I, truthfully, genuinely, just, I don't know, your LinkedIn content has a lot of, pop and passion and fire to it. And and what you're doing has a lot of thoughtfulness and care. And you can just tell like, I don't know, when someone has that like extra level of oomph, which you do. So I'm happy we became friends and and now you're joining me today. Um, So yeah, if you you mind sharing what, what your path and what you're up to now.
1: Of course man it's been um fun getting to know you and work with you as well so for those who don't know i run foodbevy.com which is an online community to help connect emerging food and beverage founders to really awesome partners and my whole goal is to make this crazy journey of launching a company a little bit easier and not so damn hard by (laughs) really providing the right like resources uh connections and partners to help along the way uh, previous to Food Bevy, I ran my own brand T Squares for six years. And so definitely understand the roller coaster of building a brand from scratch, starting a product. And I did everything from creating the recipe, built a team with a couple of co-founders who are great, and you know, launched in retail stores and Whole Foods, food service accounts, kind of across the gamut online, um, and the like. So definitely understand the Successes and challenges that come from running a, a brand.
0: Cool. So why? And there's some probably some obvious answers, but but I think still interesting to talk about. So why is it so hard? Everyone, you would have 100% consensus that it is really hard. Why is it so hard?
1: Yeah, I think it comes from two the two core tensions. Um, the first is that everyone on this planet has a relationship with food, right? Like no matter who you are, you eat almost if almost every day right whether you're poor you're rich so because of that it's very easy for everyone to have an idea around starting a business around food because everyone can come into the industry from that easy starting point right it's not like if you're designing a machine learning ai very few people have experience with that so you have to be very specialized on the other side actually making money in the food industry is really challenging because customers expect really low price points for the most part. There's tons of competition and for every unit that you're selling for the most part, you're, you're making pennies, right? And selling T squares, we are making a kind of gross, uh, profit of like 50 cents for every energy bar that we sold. And I'm just thinking like, geez, I have to sell millions of energy bars to make any kind of money. Right? So when you think about it that way, um, it's very easy to start. It's very challenging to actually make money at scale and so there's a lot of people who start and not a lot of people who
0: finish totally yeah i think probably a lot of people outside of the food space or or at least industries that deal with distributors don't realize how many hands are in the pot you know that item that sells for 349 how how yeah how many people are grabbing at that 349 yeah yeah um so yeah, so and, and and so dealing with lots of brands who are just getting off the ground, what are what are like some more consistent early mistakes or like directions that a brand's trying to go that they that they maybe shouldn't go that you see often? And then yeah,
1: the number one I think most see is that most people who start a brand are doing so because they have a personal problem that they're trying to solve or for a close family member, and that comes with it a lot of passion a lot of emotion a lot of pride in what they're doing which is a good thing at the same time that can be a detriment when um, you don't fully vet your product in the market to understand what the demand for it actually is and so while you might want to make a you know kombucha that's in a shot that has all these botanicals interesting flavors sure there's probably a couple hundred people maybe a couple thousand people that would want to buy your product but unless you kind of hit those minimum demand thresholds where there's hundreds of thousands or millions of people that want to buy your product you're going to have a really challenging time building it and so i also see a lot of founders who make their products too complicated i was guilty of this with t-squares where we had like four points of differentiation. And while we were building kind of a moat around anyone being able to copy us, we were also building a moat around consumers trying us because the more complicated your product is, the harder it is for someone to actually pick it up and want to buy it.
0: A, a, a hundred percent. Like, so for, for us, when we analyze products, uh, like if something, the more education, some something a product needs bad news when it's, a product we represent, the Good Chris company, we in a millisecond, someone's just like, oh, better for you Pringles, tastes good. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, amazingness. And like, when there's education needed, it's... Um,
1: it costs more money.
0: <laughs> yeah, it costs, it's just hard. The sales process is just, it's just harder. You know, obviously if you're going, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just, it's just true. Education is not, it's not a good thing.
1: I tell people, right? Like they should, everyone seeing your product, they should get it in the first 10 seconds. Now they might not. I'll, take, right, I'll, take on, it.
0: I'll under on that first, like three to four seconds. Three to four
1: seconds, yeah. 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 The first like three to four seconds, right. They should look at your product and get it and say, Oh, it's this right. Like, Oh, it's a energy bar, but is using plant-based ingredients or like whatever it is, they should know. And then they can decide like if they want it or not. Right. Cause not every product's for everyone, but they should at least understand it. If you're like, I do this all the time, you hear founders like pitching at demos and they spend three minutes talking to someone. And then after those three minutes, they're like, so how how do I use this? Like why? And like, you've lost them.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. i lost them. Like, I feel like BSing on the fly here, like the first 85% of it should be understood in the first three to four seconds. And then that like extra, those special attributes, the special story and mission, like then like those extra minutes, you like fill in the gaps of why it's a special beet jerky or a special kombucha. Or a special snack, like exactly. yeah, yeah. It's um, it, it's 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 wild, you know the, the amount of brands that we're both privileged, and it's fun to, to see that come across probably both of our laptops. It's you know, and it's always someone's baby, truthfully. So you know, you know, but it's a it's, it's wild the amount of brands. You're just like, oh, that's gonna be so challenging. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's hard, right? Because you know. You do. Yeah.
1: And I like, I I hate telling people like, don't do something right. Because who am I? Like, I only know my experiences and what I've seen and you know, maybe they have some special sauce that can make it work. But what I do share is that here are going to be your obstacles along the way. And so make sure you're addressing those and have a plan to
0: overcome them. Totally. In my own uh, personal development, something I'm really trying to work on now is serving and not pleasing and I mm. feel like that comes into play here, where you're just like, "Oh, that's cool." And you're just like excited, like right, just like, "Oh, that's cool for this reason and that reason." Like that's not serving; it's just like, nah, it's just like fluff to fill yeah. to people-please in the moment. Where like serving is just like from a good place, from you know, from a good, yeah, from a from a good place, just like sharing exactly like you said, what may be challenges.
1: Yeah. And I, I like that uh, serving versus pleasing because with a serving mindset as well, like I am very conscious also about not giving any unwarranted advice. And so like, I'll ask someone, I'll say, Hey, do you want me to share the challenges that I've seen other brands go through or not? All right. Like most people are saying, we'll say yes, because they would want to find out, but I always give them the option because like, I can share some really discouraging news. And so I don't want to just like say it out the blue where uh, I'll say like, all right, you're likely going to fail, but I'll more so say like, all right, here are the, like I said, here are the challenges, but I'll always like ask them first. That way I can make sure I'm doing a conscious job of actually serving them too.
0: Yeah, totally. hundred percent. So what do you think for brands that raise like some money, not crazy amounts, but like have some money what do you think are the key, and I know it's always kind of brand specific where they should go. What do you think are br- the first couple hires uh, or, or focus as far as channels? It will not hurt my feelings if you don't say food service. Um, yeah, what do you think the first hire should be and, and initial focus of, of, of money for channels?
1: Yeah, so in terms of first hire, I think this is really crucial. Um, the one thing that founders need to do early on is figure out, um, their product market fit. And what I mean by that is who your customers are, where they want to buy your product and is your product serving them the best. Sometimes that might be reaching them in grocery stores. Sometimes that might be reaching them online. Other times, um, in like a corporate office while they're working. And we found that with T-Squares, right? When we were selling T-Squares in grocery stores, we were selling Whole Foods and at the beginning they flopped. They didn't sell unless we were there selling them, but we partnered with corporate offices and they did really well, right? So with that, find where your product sells the best. And then once you match that, find hires that can really amplify that process that's already working. Because if we hired someone to pitch into whole food stores while we really didn't, like our product wasn't a fit there at the beginning, um, we would have had a waste of money both in terms of growth and with that employee because we would have been selling into poor channels. That said, once we understood that. Um, corporate offices were a huge win for us and we saw incredible velocities um we you know it would make sense to hire in people to help support that process because we built a proven process that worked
0: i i fully agree yeah same thing even as we attack foods all the channels within food service you know for a brand it's like all right these five six channels are all interesting probably these two will be the most interesting and you just kind of Float it around, float it around, making good effort, and then you're like, find two that you're like, oh, this is really working. Go, 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 go. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, for 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 sure. Um, how about the use of um, uh, uh, marketing spend or, or funds on trade trade shows? Because you know, for Expo, the Expos, fancy foods of the world. I think don't think a lot of people realize it. All in. Y- it could be like 30K to be, if you want a decent representation of a, of a booth and sending samples and just everything. And it's, I'll, I'll, I'll let you speak first and then I have my thoughts as well. What do you think about doing one of those shows?
1: Yeah, I think it's important first for everyone to walk a trade show as a an as a attendee before purchasing a booth so you get a feel for what the show actually is. Um, what I would say is, go to a trade show with a very specific goal in mind and there's a couple goals that work right so from um it might be if you've been building relationships with buyers but it's everything's been virtual and you want to actually get some face time with buyers that you have a relationship with maybe it makes sense to one attend the trade show set up time and meetings with them but also maybe having a booth there so that you can come by and, and check it out and chat for a few minutes then as part of your kind of sales cycle, trade booths don't, from my experience, they don't work as well for first contact. Like if that's the first time someone's like hearing about or seeing your brand, you'll miss a lot of people. You'll be better served. If you've built this, even like an industry buzz around your brand so that people seek you out at the shows. And then the other thing is you have to make a splash, right? There's hundreds of thousands of booths there, like. There's someone a couple years ago, it's like Reese ginger beer, but they threw like the after party at the end of the day. And I don't know. I remember they had like alcohol there and not were able to do it, but they had like music going, they were dancing, they had lots of people and they just made a show out of it and attracted so many people. So definitely like have a purpose if you're going to go.
0: Totally. What do you think? So interesting. I, I think it's just it's just a roll of the dice. It's like, do those two, three conversations come, or even just one conversation come to fruition? I think it's just for first timers, just to know, and maybe this is obvious, but like I see a lot of people, new people after the show being like, Oh my god, we crushed it, 55 leads, or I forget 55, 150 leads. And you're just like, I feel like the people have been <laughs> Been down that path before? They just know it's all in the follow up. It's like, you you know, just just scan people at will. Like it maybe feels good in the moment. It's just a sales person giving his perspective. For me, it's just knowing that like the the follow up, the key, really, the key is in follow up. You'll walk away with a pretty juicy list, and just knowing that just follow up is 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 key. And you know, you'd like to think everyone's just on it, but I I just know that that's not the case. Um, So just seeing things through and. Yeah, I don't know. For me, I'm starting to really like these, um, ECRM shows because yeah. they're like, you know, it's a four or 5k spend. So like, you know, can be honestly, one fourth, one fifth, one sixth of what you'd spend and you get to have like 25, 30 awesome convers like laser focused conversations. So that's, for me, is pretty interesting. Um,
1: Here's the thing that I would say too, and I'm sure you experienced this, right? Like if you're a new brand out the gate that no one has any experience with, like even those conversations are hard, right? They're like, okay, who are you? I've never heard about you. Give me your pitch. Like either you fit or you don't. Um, But even those, like if you can come in where they're like, oh, like, I've yeah. seen you all over LinkedIn. I've seen like your message. May I heard from you before. I've been like waiting to talk to you. Right. Like those conversations always are going to go way better.
0: Yeah. Or yeah, I think, I think it can't be like too early. Like you need to either like, yeah, like you say some kind of buzz or some sort of resume, like one Whole Foods region, or like you're in UNFI or you have something going on. You can't be like completely fresh. Like we had a couple of our brands do Knacks, right. which is the biggest convenience store show, and yep. uh, Ethan's is uh, one of our brands we represent. And they're just getting started in convenience, but they have an amazing track record in some other channels, traditional food service, uh, 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 retail, and we had a story to tell there. And they got a couple big hits at, at the Knacks show, you know, because their convenience resume was was just getting going, but they had a really good story to tell, and the conversations were great. And, things popped, so i'd say that that's key to have some sort of resume to bring to the table i don't know it's it's interesting the trade shows it's an interesting conversation because a lot of brands just they spend just a huge chunk of the money that they have you know for yeah because it's this is glamorous right it's got a glamour appeal too yeah
1: yeah i mean i i will tell you just this, this is anecdotal but most of the brands that I talked to that had a booth either say it was a disappointment or it was so, so rarely do I find brands come out or plethora of brands that come and say like, this was an amazing show. I had a hundred leads. Those turned into sales.
0: Yeah. And what's interesting is I feel like consistently the brands who say it's good are the mature brands who are like, oh, these buyers who I always talk to virtually or once a year, I got to talk to them in person or like basically because they have all these preset relationships that's when it really has its, its value. But, um,
1: yeah, I I agree with
0: that. Um, what else, what else is an interesting topic? Uh,
1: Ooh, you know, I think this has been interesting, right? So like timeline over the last three years, 2020, everyone I talked to thought it was going to be an amazing year. 2021 was a year of like transition, like stabilizing and try to like write their brands the year, like, Going into 2021 too, is like converting into um, e-commerce brands or omni-channel brands now. And as we're getting ready to launch into this next year, I see a lot of brands like kind of getting their footing and uncertain of where to invest their time and money. So I'm curious to hear from your perspective, like, what do you think is going to be leading the way this upcoming year and like, where should brands invest?
0: you go first
1: (laughs) um i don't know like I'm, i'm still figuring that out and i i tell brands right like double down on what's working really focus your spend in those areas i know it's easy to like try this out try that out a couple grand here a couple grand there But I just tell brands, like, focus on what's working. I'll
0: say as far as trends, you know, I won't mention them by name, but, you know, one of the biggest natural food distributors in grocery, I feel like people are shying away from them just because it's just been, it's just a painful way to do business in a way, you know, so I I feel like I'm hearing conversation more about uh, uh, alternative, just different distributors in the retail channel. Uh, is interesting to me. For me, what's just so interesting also is just, you know, pre-COVID, it was just getting on flights, getting on the road all the time. And, uh, you know, as things, as the dust hopefully, mm-hmm. hopefully <laughs> starts to settle. You know, I, I, I love, and I know my sales buddies all agree, and you know, my colleagues agree that not going back to that is amazing. That in person will always be king right it just will be but that the efficiency of sending samples and in persons and not just jumping on a flight because that's how we've done things or getting on the road because that's how we've done things i think the efficiency is is will forever be amazing uh amazingly cleaned up uh, as we each transition away
1: yeah no i totally agree i mean i've even like i, I agree that it's important i remember um you know, being based in Chicago, I had a meeting with Mariano's in Milwaukee, right? And I drove like the two and a half hours to get to Milwaukee. And I think I had like a 15 minute combo with the buyer. And it was good. And we got the, um, we got the account, which is great. And they were like, yeah, I'm on board. Let's, you know, we're get, we'll put in an order. Let's work things out. Um, and then drove like two and a half hours back to chicago and like at the time like that's what you need to do getting yes. face time right they want to know that you're a real person they can yes. kind of build that trust but at the same time it's not like we didn't go out to lunch after we didn't like shoot the shit and just like hang out yeah. or like get to know each other it was very much like business which yeah. for that conversation was fine but looking back i'm like that didn't need me to drive five hours to have that conversation if he was basically set on bringing me in anyway right yeah. like that could have been a zoom conversation granted if it was a bigger account and like we need to talk strategy, do some brainstorming and some whiteboarding. Yeah. yeah, totally makes sense to that some person.
0: Yeah. Um, what, uh, what categories or trends do you think uh, are popping, will pop in, uh, in 2022?
1: Ooh, I love this. I'm actually writing up a roundup right now on um, the top trends of this year that are going to continue on to next year. The ones I have, and I'd love to get your thoughts on this, Mm -hmm. one is um, climate sustainability. And so focus of brands really building that core into their their message um, and their entire process. The second is the rise of kelp as a super ingredient. Third is really adapting to adaptogens within foods and beverages, because we're seeing a big push there. And a fourth, which I think is really interesting is uh, CPG brands as media companies. So when you look at companies like uh, Dream Pops or uh, Midday Squares. With Dream
0: Pops. Yeah. Nice.
1: Yeah. Like really you know they and they state that like they are building media companies kind of with yep. products. I think that's a really interesting 100%.
0: Product. Yeah. How can anyone yeah I feel like anyone who sees their rise and exposure for free or for minimal dollars. Yeah. <laughs> you know how can you not gravitate to that? Yeah Kelp kelp should be i still don't um i hope so because it's like such a potent powerhouse of healthy food and um you know i know there's some really company good companies getting after it um i don't know i i, I don't know I, i'm game i don't know if it's still too early
1: it, it definitely has a low education awareness and mm-hmm. a um, it's, it's, it's tough. It doesn't have a positive, it has probably like a neutral intent with a lot of people. Like you hear kelp, a lot of people either have a negative or a neutral association. Really, do I meet people that are like, Oh yeah, kelp, I love this stuff. Right. And yeah. so very few people have a personal history with kelp. So I think that's going to be the, the challenge. And so it, I think it's a category. A lot of the players are doing a lot to really build up the health halo around it. Um, to work, you know seaweed is yeah. also interesting, right? A lot of, like kelp seaweed is where it comes yeah. from. Um, seaweed is interesting because some people, when they think seaweed, they think of like the thing that cleans the boats, but you also think of su- uh, sushi, right? Yeah. And seaweed wraps, and it's using a ton of Asian foods. And so, I think it really is going to see this branding shift as a category over the next couple yeah. years.
0: I um I don't know if it's if I feel like it's blowing up because it's a a focus of mine. Of course, what you kind of focus are passionate about, you're gonna. But like I think non-alcoholic drink options was huge, like huge in 2021, and I think will be massive in 2022. And then coffee alternatives uh, as well. Those those are interesting for me. And then the better for you soda space is feels like that's really heating up. Uh, we we represent Health Aid, so Health Aid Pop. Other players like uh, Poppy and Olipop are, yeah. are really delicious as well. Um, because it just that one just makes sense. It's like you can go to a nice fast, like a healthy fast casual, and they'll still their cooler options will be weak. Like if someone's spending an absurd, and I <laughs> do this, spend an absurd like fifteen, sixteen dollars on lunch. Like the opportunity should be there for someone to get like a sassy and awesome like beverage. And I feel like it's still lacking.
1: Well, and what I love about those, they have huge target markets where like, no one gave up pop because it didn't taste good, right? You of give course. it up because too much sugar, and yeah. it's like bad for you, right? And so they're solving that core problem for it and it still tastes good.
0: Yeah, it's still crazy the amount of like better for you or leaning better for you places that are just like, yep, we carry Coke and Pepsi. I mean, obviously there's still a demand for it, but it's just... um you i i I think in the next year Mm then that the coolers are going to start getting filled with better stuff
1: so here's a question kind of dealing with that space how have you seen these brands attack this space that's so closely held by pepsi and coke because they have a huge district like a dsd advantage of being able to serve those and their salespeople are known to be ruthless
0: (laughs) yeah i think it's tough you know because it's like the contracts are just so huge you know we were we were at uh, uh, yeah we were at a stadium event yeah, a couple of weeks ago and they're just like our just contracts just so huge we just can't and like any like real big fast casual like the Chipotle's of the world like their contracts are just so huge but I think as demand just grows I think they almost have to hear it from consumers because yeah I think I think because on the other side there's they are ruthless and also just the backdoor money the contracts are so huge. I just think, you know, I I just think there's going to be a domino domino effect because of consumers are just going to ask for it.
1: Are you are you finding that brands are like, right? Because in these contracts, Coke and Pepsi, they'll say, right, you cannot have a competitive product, right, in different language. Are you finding that any of the brands you're working with or have seen are giving a backdoor? Like, well, we're not a soda. We're a yeah. So the challenge is the challenge
0: is that by yeah you can take the angle but for the most part buyers like right they don't want to have something out their plate. so if they're just like right if, if 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 coke like has something that's like even a distant cousin they're just like yeah we we, we can't we don't want to mess with that massive contract i mean so i don't want to sugarcoat it it's it's challenging you know it's like one of those things you present it if you get pushback you angle why it's just completely different and then like and then that's it, you know.
1: That's all you have, yeah.
0: That that that, that that's all you have. It'd be fun too if like uh, like the hot waters and athletic brewing companies of the world if they entered cooler spaces. And I don't know if they will. I don't know if like you know this. You know I don't know. You know you never know. Like well, you need a liquor license to serve a a non alcoholic beer. It's funny though because what's the what's the what's the alcohol percentage of kombucha? It's probably like the same as. Oh yeah oh no yeah uh, this is oh I'm too curious uh, anyway, I feel like it, yeah it's 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 half a percent. it's the same percentage of athletic. It'd be fun if uh, it'd be fun if athletic and hot water started started to enter the QSR segment as well.
1: yeah, <laughs> it would right? And just like getting their products into a lot more people. It'll be interesting to see how that happens.
0: Yeah, so anyway. All right, cool. Well, Jordan, we usually run like 2025. We just got on 30, which is great. So uh, I I know we will do it again. There's a lot to cover. So uh, uh, thank you for joining and chatting. I appreciate it.
1: Thanks, man. It's always good catching up.
0: All right.